I want to briefly comment on Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11. We're speaking of these uh, magoi, these wise men from the east. It says, When they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, have you ever wondered why those particular three gifts? Uh, I remember as a very young child wondering about that myself. Gold I had no issues with. Uh, bring on the gold, but the frankincense and myrrh, I was like, okay, it's perfume. What does a baby need perfume for? Uh, and a lot of people would say, no, those are all expensive gifts. Uh, frankincense and myrrh were very, very costly uh, ointments, and certainly gold was the most uh, precious metal known back then. And uh, so these are expensive gifts that were worthy of a king. And I think there is something to be said for that, but uh, I think this goes way, way beyond that because those three items were prophesied in the Old Testament to be given to the Messiah when he came into the world. Uh, this was the beginning of Psalm 72's uh, fulfillment, which said that all kings of all the nations will eventually bring gifts to the Messiah, fall down before him, and serve him. So this is a beginning token of what's eventually going to happen in planet Earth. Isaiah 60 prophesied that these kings would come on camels, bringing gold and frankincense. Uh, Psalm 45 speaks of this great king as being perfumed with myrrh. Song of Solomon, uh, which is... Uh, a marriage thing, husband and wife, and yet there is a symbolism there of, of Christ as well, uh, speaks of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I believe that God was deliberately, uh, through his providence, orchestrating, putting on the mind of these men, whether it was consciously fulfilling prophecy on their part or unconsciously, I believe he was orchestrating it to make it clear to those readers of Matthew that this really was the Messiah who was to fulfill uh, these prophecies. And it was not by accident, those three, because those three gifts show that Jesus was the perfect divine king, perfect priest, and the perfect sacrifice. So I want to very quickly look at each one of those three. Gold. Gold was a symbol of divinity all throughout the Old Testament, as well as of uh, kingship. And uh, you had gold all throughout the temple. And interestingly, the gold overlaid wood. And there is interest even in the kind of acacia wood that's uh, used there. It's really a gnarly kind of a wood. But the wood represented the humanity of Christ and the gold represented the deity of Christ. It was a divine person who took to himself a human nature. He was fully God and fully man and he never ceased to be God when he was born. He had to be fully God in order to represent God to us. He had to be fully man in order to represent us to God. And uh, so this is really a wonderful a symbol of his divinity. At the very moment that Mary was holding the baby Jesus in her arms, Jesus was holding her up. Because Scripture says he never ceased to uh, exercise any of his attributes. He was upholding all things by the word of his power. If he ceased to do that at any, any time, he would cease to be God. So he's perfectly God, perfectly man, and uh, came for our redemption. Second, frankincense was a symbol of Jesus as priest. 
Now, it is true, frankincense four times in the Scripture was identified with kingship, but all of the other times, uh, 18 different times that it's mentioned, it was associated with the, the, the temple. Uh, in fact, uh, here is what uh, the big uh, uh, Encyclopedia of Biblical, ICBE, whatever it's called, uh, says about this frankincense. It says, frankincense seemed to be such a characteristic element in the sacrificial system that the term could be used to represent the entire system, as in Isaiah 43, 23, Jeremiah 6, verse 20, unquote. And so he's saying frankincense really came to be almost a synonym for saying all of the priestly work of, uh, of the temple. And so this king was an unusual king. He was a priestly king after the order of Melchizedek. He was a priest. He was a king. And uh, he ruled in that capacity. And interestingly, a variant of the Hebrew word for frankincense is a, uh, just a slight change in the word is translated as prayer. And the reason for it is because that frankincense was always offered up when there was prayer. And so that's one of the most characteristic uh, features of a priest. He intercedes on behalf of people. And so here is Christ, not only is he God, but as priest, he ever lives to make intercession for us. And then finally, the myrrh was a symbol of Christ's death. So not only is he a perfect king, perfect priest, but he's a perfect sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God. Now, there are four other times in the New Testament where myrrh is associated with Jesus, and every one of them points to his death and burial. I'm going to only read from one. It's from Mark 14. This is the passage where uh, Mary pours that myrrh uh, of nard, some translations have it myrrh of spiked nard, but pours that on his head. And in verse 4, some of the people complain about the waste, but Jesus explains what's going on in verses 8 through 9. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you that wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, what this woman did will also be spoken of as a memorial to her. And so in those two verses, Jesus explains, okay, not only is this myrrh a symbol of my death and of my burial, she's setting me aside for burial, but he calls it good news, or the way this uh, translates it, gospel. It represents the gospel. In other words, this season we're not just uh, you know, memorializing some uh, sentimental thing. No, Jesus, when he was born, was destined for death. That was his whole purpose for coming into the world, was to be a sacrificial uh, lamb. And uh, uh, I think what we can do as we come to the Lord's table is uh, come with rejoicing that he is our king, that he ever lives to intercede for us, that he was our sacrifice, that uh, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. There is nothing more for us to pay. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much that there's nothing left for us to pay, that uh, we can receive by faith that which you have uh, purchased for us through Christ Jesus. We love you and bless you that Christ was indeed a mediator between you and us and that he was a perfect God-man, that he was uh, a priest who ever lives to make intercession for us. We are so grateful that his atonement is sufficient not only for our salvation, but to make 
all things new, that we're lost to the curse. Uh, even a new heavens and a new earth uh, will one day flow from the cross of Jesus Christ. And we glory in that as we come to the Lord's table and we pray that you would uh, knit the truths of uh, this scripture to our hearts, that it might gladden us and that we might come very self-consciously and knowledgeably uh, to participate of the Lord Jesus Christ and of everything that he purchased for us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.